This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. If you will turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. We're going to start there as our foundational text. And uh, as we're getting started, I want just to remind us, remind us that in these teachings that we're doing about uh, family, and in, my, in particular, this particular piece, a reflection of, of the image of God, family is a reflection of the image of God, understand that all of our teachings, not just this one, but just all of our teachings in general, that uh, we're talking about God's intentions. We're always talking about God's intentions and we're always coming to you and we're always teaching from that standpoint and from that viewpoint. Uh, God's intentions and God's design. Man's intentions are irrelevant. Man's intentions are irrelevant when it comes to the things of God. And we already saw in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're going to go there briefly in a little bit, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 29, we saw that God's intentional design, he created, he created man upright. And it said that man sought out. Man sought out different schemes. Man sought out different ways and different outside of the, of, of the way that God does things. So man's intentions mean nothing, but it's always about what God intends and what he designs. Man's intentions are a redesign of what God created. It's a redesign. And redesigns are no good. You have to follow the design of a thing as it was intended. A redesign will get you in trouble. It will cause malfunction. It will cause disorder. It will do all of that because it was not originally intended to be done that way or intended to be used that certain way. So we always have to be careful of that. And so God is, is, is showing us. He's giving us an opportunity and he has given us. If we are born again, he has given us a re-opportunity to reconstruct what we have put out of place. What he's, his original, he's given us the opportunity to go back to his original, his original intention and design for our lives. And so that is an awesome, an awesome thing that we have the opportunity to go back and to be redesigned, to be reconstructed. And that is what, uh, this, what basically this, what this, this teaching, teaching and this lesson is about, about being a reflection of the image of God. Going back to that very image, the very thing that God created us to be getting back to that point and staying there. Not just getting back there, but staying there. So we understand from... Uh, um, from our uh, uh, teachings going, that have been going forward, that man is a spirit. He's made of spirit. He's made of soul and body. All three in one. Spirit, soul, and body. We understand that the body was formed from the dust. But we said the spirit of God, the spirit of man, and the soul of man were from God himself. Sent down from God himself. So the body formed from the ground, but the spirit and the soul was sent from God. And as we depart this earth, as our bodies die physically, we know our spirit men, our souls, they will go back to God. Because they are from him. They are not from the ground. They are from him. And we said that that was something special that God placed in man. 
something special that was above we know that the animal even the animals were formed from the dust of the ground but man is the only one the only creature on earth the only creature on earth where that God placed a spirit and he placed a soul in man and that makes us his special beings that makes us special and out of the ordinary and we should not take that lightly. And the whole purpose of this teaching is to show us what, how, how God intended for us to be. That we need to follow. Just get back into. Everybody wants dominion. You want dominion over things. You want dominion over people. You want dominion. God is not giving you dominion over people. But he's giving you dominion over things of this earth. He has made you his, 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 the, the apex of his creation. And given you the authority, given you the dominion, given you the, the dominion over the things of this earth. And that is what we need to take authority over. That is what we need to take authority over. And so we've talked about that. And we said that, 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 the, um, that the soul of man, the spirit of man died. The soul of man was corrupted. And the body began to decay when sin entered the earth. And we know that sin entered the earth by Adam. And so that transgression, the transgression of that one man caused sin to enter, to enter the earth. But thank God for the second Adam. Amen. The second Adam being Jesus Christ. And from that second Adam, we are able to have eternal life. We're able to be cleansed. We're able to, to uh, live uprightly before God. As the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, bringing the character of Christ, we are able then to function as Christ had designed for us to function in the beginning. And that is, that is a great and, and a great and awesome thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Oh, we didn't, let's, let's read our foundational text verse before we go there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 reads, And God said, Let us make man in our own image. The counsel of God. This is in the council room of the Almighty God. He says, God, let, let us make man in our own image. After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he them. So this is our foundational text seeing again that we have the dominion and seeing that God created us in his own image. In the council room of the almighty God. That's him. Him. God the, God the Father. God the Son. And God the Holy Ghost. And he just, they just had themselves a good time uh, explaining and, and, and putting together this magnificent plan for man. Amen. And we're so excited about. You should be excited about that. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's look at that. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Okay, and let's read verse Ecclesiastes 7, and we're going to read verse 29. And the scripture reads, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought 
God has made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. And so here we, we, we talked about God's original, original intent and the original creation, the original makeup of man. And he created man upright. So he created man to be habitually conformed to his will. That means putting down our own. We told, I told you that you have some natural powers. You got some superpowers. That mind of yours and that choice of yours, those are superpowers. When you put your will to something, it's, it's super. Because when you put your will to it, you're going to do it. It dictates, it dictates everything that you do in life. And that's a superpower when it comes to you. That's, that's your superpower. Whenever you put your mind to something. But from the beginning, God, God created us. To, to yield our wills. He created us that our habitually, habitually, that was a habit, to conform our wills, our minds, our choices to the will of God. Originally, man was created to clearly, to be able to clearly understand the things of God. You know, sometimes now we get confused. We get, you know, uh, we don't know what God is saying, when he's saying it. We got to have some, some, some folks to, to, to tell us. We got to have some folks to, to confirm for us. We got to have all of these things. But originally, God's intent was that, and, and the way he created us, we understood him well. No, spiritual understanding. We understood everything. There was no mistakes in our knowledge. There was none of that. We were a, a created to comply to God's will, to totally comply to His will, without reluctancy, without any reluctancy, without any rebellion, we were created to do. That. Without any resistance, we were created to comply to His will. We were in, uh, we were we were created to have our affections toward God's always, continuously. Not, a, not, not having to think about anything else, not, not having our, our hearts torn and, to, and, different and going in different directions. But we were originally intended to have our affections totally, regularly and consistently toward him. That our thoughts, that our mind was taught, would, would, always, would always be on God. When they walked in the cool of the day, that's all they had to think about. That is all they had to think about was that. That's all they had to think about was doing the will of God. All they had to think about was, was what God wanted, was being able to commune with him. And that was their whole desire. That was their whole desire. They were, they were subject to, man was subject to God's dictate and his direction. They were subject to his, his dictate and his direction. But then we understand that after the fall of man, then the, the, the soul of man became corrupt. Then we started, he started adding in all of these other things. His affection started going other places, going towards other things. That his spirit, his spirit, the spirit of, of, of man was not even able to commune with God. Remember, they went and hid themselves. They were hiding from the very person, from the very person that walked with them in the garden. That very person, when they had those, that same God that they had those affections toward, that they had their minds toward, that they had all of that. They, that that's all that they knew. But after the fall, they hid themselves from that very person. And you only hide from that person when something's going on, when something's wrong. They were ashamed. They were all of that. Why? Because they had done something that they were not supposed to do. They had turned their, their obedience to disobedience to God. They turn their disobedience, their obedience to disobedience to God. And let's look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. 
Remember, we're talking about family as a reflection of God. And we said that we, because individual people, we make up family. So we got to be sure that we are in line. We are in line before we start talking about the rest of the family. No, the, the family. You know, the wife needs to get right. No, the husband needs to get right. No, the children need to get right with their bad selves and, and all, you know, all of that. But no, we're talking about individual. And everybody has ears to hear for themselves. Everybody has ears to hear for themselves. And then we know how to instruct our families. Amen. In 1 John chapter 2. Let's look at this. In verse uh, 1 John 2 and 16. And the Bible reads. Mm, no. Let's, let's start with verse Mm, let's start with verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. You, for his name's sake, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you. And ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world. So here he's talking, he's talking to, to those people who are saved, those people who have accepted Christ. He says, you've known God, you've known the Father from the beginning. I write this unto you because you have overcome. You have overcome. You have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You have turned your eyes toward God. You have turned your hearts towards God. And then he says here, uh, 15, love not the world. So he's showing you that there is possible for you to go back to those very things that you used to go back to. Those very things that you were tied into. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the, in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. And he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So it is possible, and that's why we have to be sure... That we don't intoxicate ourselves, as brother, as Minister Martin said, we got to be sure that we don't intoxicate ourselves. I allow ourselves to be seduced by the strange woman. We have to be sure that we don't allow ourselves to be intoxicated with cheap liquor. That's a cheap liquor. The the only thing that that the world has to offer is cheap liquor. Only those that all the world has to offer is a strange woman. That's all that they have to offer. To be able to seduce us. To be able to intoxicate us with those things of the world. We have to be vigilant. We have to be vigilant in our ways, in our, in our thoughts. We have to be vigilant in, in our, just our day-to-day goings, ins and outs of this world. We have to be vigilant to keep our hearts. We gotta be vigilant to keep our hearts so that the strange woman won't get so close. We can't let the strange woman get close. You can't let the entire, you can't, you can't, you can't allow the, the bottle. You can't allow, allow, allow someone to, to show you the bottle and to, 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 and to you know, invite you to happy hour. We talk about happy. I'm not, don't, don't think about happy hour as, as a, the natural thing about going to a particular place. I'm talking about the happy hour of life. You can't, you can't allow them to invite you to happy hour because you will go and you will stay longer than what you intended to stay. 
you allow the strange woman to seduce you, you will be, be not only be seduced, but you will end up in her bed. And that's why we cannot allow, we cannot allow the strange woman to get too close. And we cannot allow the people to, to, to show us and try to entice us with the bottle. Everything that mankind was created to be. Everything that the mankind was created to be. And we know that, that, that the enemy does that. What, what God creates, he tries to imitate. What God creates, he tries to use to his advantage to turn us from God. The very things, your soul, he tries to use. The very thing that God created for you to be able to worship him. The very thing to be able to set your affections for. Remember, the, the, from the beginning, that's what he, enti- he intended for your, uh, your, your soul to do. Those emotions, those desires, those wills. Those, that very same thing that, the, that God created for you to be able to be able to be in fellowship with him. And to love him. And to serve him. The enemy is using to try to turn it around for his advantage to turn you away from God. The very same thing. He's using to turn us away from God. That's, that's his intention. That's his design. To be able to create schemes, to be able to turn us away. Using that very thing that God created us with. To be able to turn us away from God. And that, that should make us mad. That should make you mad. That very thing that God created for you. To be able to worship him. For you to be able to fellowship and commune with him. The enemy is trying to use to his advantage. To turn you away from the one who created you. The one who, the very one who placed those things in you to be able to fellowship with you. Uh, let's look at, let's look at verse, uh, let's see. We're already in First John, right? Let's see. Yes. Okay, so it says, here, talking about, going again, talking about in verse uh, 15, talking about loving not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all, again, all they have to offer is, is the world that has to offer is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And what we need to see, particularly as believers, remember he was talking to believers in this scripture, in this passage. And what we have to understand is that the enemy is very subtle. And he comes, he comes, he's not going to come at you um, obviously, it will not be obvious. He's going to come at, at you with flattery. It's going to be flattering. He's going to come at you with promotion. He's going to come at you with, with a false sense of emotional and financial security. He's going to do all of that. He's going to come at you with a false sense of love. He's going to come at you with a false sense of respect and honor. Again, all of those things that tie into the lust of our flesh and the lust of our eyes and the pride of life. That's the way that he's going to come. So it's not going to be just obvious to you. Because again, he's talking, he, he knows he's talking to Christians. He knows that he's talking to those who understand, who those who have been acquainted with, those who are familiar with the ways of God. But he's trying to show you that his ways... And his thoughts are better. That's what he's trying to do. All that flattery, that promotion, all of that. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. The flattery, the promotion, the sense of respect, the sense of honor. Because everybody wants to be respected. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody's looking for love. Every, everybody. Everybody. God created us to desire to be loved. He, because he, desired, he created us to desire fellowship with one another. So because of that, and again, the enemy just uses those things. He's going to use those things to his advantage to be able to pull us away from God. 
So let's look at this. And so what is, what is the image of God? What is the character? What is the image of God? What is the character of God that we were created in? Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. And we all, this is a very familiar passage of scripture. Galatians chapter 5. And what we need to understand as you're turning there, what we need to understand that it is through the work of the Holy Spirit. We know the Spirit of God, He comes and He baptizes us into the body of Christ. And then His job from that point is to live, to reside and to live on the inside of us, bringing the character of Christ. Helping to re-image that image of God that was once there. That's what the Spirit of God is there to do. That is His job in us. That is his job in us, is to re-image us and to reconform us to the, uh, to the image of God that we once were created in. So in, Genesis, in Galatians chapter 5, let's look at verse 20. No, let's start reading at verse 16. Yes. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, that Spirit that lives on the inside of you, that, that one that has been put there to re-image the, the image of God in you, to reconstruct that. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are the manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the one that's living inside, of you, the fruit of the one that has been placed there to help re-image that image of God in you, to reconstruct that image of God in you, to conform you to the very image of God that was once there before. The fruit of that spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in that spirit. So the very, the very, the very thing that has been placed, been placed in you, the spirit of God that has been placed in you, he coming to live on the inside of you. He is coming, he has come to you again to re-image and to help reconstruct that soul of yours. I told you that when he first, when the spirit of God first came in, it says that Christ he, uh, he quickened our spirits, made our spirits alive to Christ again. So now we are able to function, function our, our communion with God by the Spirit. But then that, allowing that spirit man to be able then to help cleanse our souls, to bring us back into uh, uh, those affections that we once had, that were always continuously t- towards God. He's trying to bring us back to that mold, back to that functionality, back to those things so that we can be re-imaged and, and we can, to, uh, uh, that we can continue to, that we can continue to go, to go back to originally when you first are saved, but then continuing in that imaging that God has created us to be. 
It's the whole purpose of re-imaging to keep us to where we need to be. Listen, we are born again. We were raised with newness of life. We are a new nature. That new nature is love. Remember what God said. He said that this new, with the spirit of God that I'm giving to live on the inside of you, that one that's going to comfort you, that one that's going to guide you, that one that's going to teach you, that one that's going to enlighten you when the word goes forth. He says all of that is about love. Why? Because he said in his word that his ultimate commandment is what? That we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and that we love one another. It's all wrapped up in that love. All wrapped up in that love. And so we see that the Spirit of God, as, as we are led by Him, that the love for God and the love for others and the light of God and the light of others will shine. It will shine. And that is the purpose of the family, that the love of God shine through us. That God shines through us. That is the purpose. That is our sole purpose, individually and collectively as a family. That the love of God, that the love of God, and that the light of God is found in us, is seen through. This is the image that is required to be seen. Remember I told you that love cannot be seen. Love cannot be seen, but the people can experience the love through you. Love, physical love cannot be seen, but we can, it can be seen in actions. It can be manifested through actions. And that is our whole purpose. That is our sole purpose, that the love of God. You have to have the love of God to be able to minister to people. And that this redemptive work, we all know that it's all about the redemptive work of Christ. That, that's why we're here. That's why he allows us to be a part of what he's doing. It's all about that. But if you don't have love... First and foremost, none of that will matter to you. If you don't have love for God and love for people, you ministering to people will not, you won't, you won't, you won't, you will not want to. You won't have the desire to. It won't be important to you. It won't be necessary to you. So that's why it's important. It's important that we allow the allow the, just allow the Spirit of God to do what He does. Allow the Spirit of God to do what He does. And keep the strange woman away while you're doing it. Keep the strange woman away and keep the bottle away. Allow the Spirit of God to do what He does. And as you're doing that, keep the strange woman away and keep the bottle away. That, that's all you have to do. That's all we have to do. The Spirit of God is going to do His work. He's going to do his work. But what, in, what hinders his work? The hindrance of his work when we allow the strange woman to come near. That's what hinders his work. When we allow the bottle to come near, that's what hinders his work. If, you, if we could just stay away, that's why, it's, don't, that's why it's important. It's important in our families. We cannot allow, we cannot allow things in our homes. That are of the world. You got to be careful. Parents have to be careful. You got to be careful for yourself. Then you got to be careful that your children are not. Because they're children. They're children. 
And even, and even, and even our youngest ones, the ones that, you know, that have accepted Christ, even, even those, those babies, yes, they've accepted, now, and, and again, that's why we got to stay on top of it. Why? Because they could have been doing it, because they've seen other people do it, they've seen other children do it, I want to be dunked in the water, I want to get in the pool too, I want to, you know, all of, that, that, that it could be. Now, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that they have not accepted, but that's why we have to examine ourselves for ourselves, but we also have to examine the fruit in our children as well. But, again, as we're bringing them to church, as we're teaching them in our home and they're following our example and we're bringing them to church and they're getting those teachings, we have to be careful that the strange woman don't come near them either or the body. Same thing. Same thing. So we gotta be, that's why we got to be watchful. We cannot allow those things in our homes because then, again, we're fighting against the re-imaging. We're fighting against the re-imaging. We're allowing things to come up against the re-imaging that God is doing in our families. And so that we have to be, we have to be careful about. Look at this in Colossians. Let's turn to Colossians chapter I'm going to read quite a bit of this. Verse 1 and 2. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your affections. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. This is, this is keeping yourself sober. This is keeping the strange woman away. This is keeping the bottle away. This is allowing the Spirit of God because you have been risen and now the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So if you have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Jump down to verse 9. Lie not to one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision nor uncircumcision barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free but Christ is all and in all put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also, ye, uh, so also do ye. And above all these things, he says, put on what? Love, which is charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To that, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Look, he is talking about, yes, he's talking about believers and and, and Christians. He's talking about our, our Christian fellowship. But he's also, the Christian fellowship and those believers, they are the ones who start off in your home. They're the ones who start off in your home. So this is why. This is why. So, so, so think about this. If you are risen with Christ, 
If you are reasoning with Christ and you have set your affections on the things above, you should lie not one to another in your home. You should put off the old man with his old deeds, having put on a new man with renewed knowledge after the image of God. There is neither Greek. There is look. You need to be. We need to be able. That means that we need to be able to hold each other up. That means that we need to be able to put one another before we put ourselves. We need to understand. That it's, this is a ministry that starts in our homes. We need to be, as, <laughs> listen, put on, therefore, as the elect of God. If you are the elect of God in your home, there should be kindness. There should be humbleness. There should be humbleness of mind. There should be meekness. There should be long-suffering. There should be forbearing one another and forgiving one another. When there is a quarrel, there should be forgiving of one another. And he says to put on charity because that is the bond of perfectness. That is the bond of perfectness. All of that starts in the home. And it is the bond of perfectness. All of that love. Listen, this is the, this is the, the process of being heavenly minded versus earthly minded. This is the process of being, of being spiritually minded versus carnally minded. This is the process by which we are to attain. It says that, that, that knowledge that we have of him, that is what we're supposed to be seeking after. That is what we're supposed to be renewing our minds after. Because we know, again, the world, the only thing in the world, the world is all about selfishness. It's all about selfishness. And men and women in the home, they put their careers their love for their careers, they put, remember what I said, with that flattery, you know, you're the best employee that we have, and we want you to start that. We're going to want you to start this, this job. We want to send you here and this, send you there. We want to give you this title, but it, I'm not, <laughs> this title means that you're going to be working some weekends and you're going to be doing some things. You're gonna be, it's all about selfishness. All about selfishness. But that's why we got to renew our mind. That's why we cannot allow ourselves to be intoxicated. We can't allow that strange woman to come near. We can't allow that Bible because it's going to come with flattery. It's going to come with flattery. But you've got to be able to recognize the work of the enemy. Recognize that work of the enemy. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And let's look at verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Uh, verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but... Every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made of himself of no reputation and took up his form, upon himself the form of a servant. And, and was made with the likeness of men. And he, what? And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death. And we see that he was exalted and we see, we see all of that. But this is the very image of God. The very image of God that we, first of all, we need to have the, 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 the like-mindedness of God. And that is love for one another. That's loving him first and loving others as we love ourselves. That is putting others before we put ourselves. That is, and we see, we see that here. Look at, and look at verse, and listen, look at verse 6. 
and who being in the form of God thought it not he was God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation but he what he took upon himself a form of a servant understand that we are servants in the home that's like minded being like minded with Christ like minded with God we are servants in the home you should have love for God love for one another you should take upon yourself a form of a servant that should be you should have an attitude of servitude an attitude of servitude. And that, that simply means that you have settled in your way of thinking. You have settled in your way of thinking that you are going to be a person who serves in your home. That means that that's your behavior. I have settled in my heart. But that's, that's, my, that's my behavior. That's my behavior that I'm going to be a servant in the home. He said that he, he humbled himself and he became obedient in, in verse 8. He humbled himself and he became obedient unto death. All of this. Again, humbling ourselves, being obedient unto death. Humbling ourselves, being service and loving one another as we love Christ. Loving God first and loving one another. That is, that, this is all about having the likeness of God. This is all about the image of God. The image, the very image that the Spirit of God is trying the Spirit of God is in you to bring these things. The Spirit of God, and we have to rely. We have to rely on the Spirit of God, our knowledge, our, the teaching that we receive, and the Spirit of God to help bring those things to life, to help bring it to fruition in us. Look at this in verse, uh, uh, let's see. I like this. Look at, look at this in verse um, 13. For it is God which worketh in you both. To will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what we just said. It is God working in you to both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God, you are the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine and in the world. There it is right there. In, the, in, a, in a society that is crooked and perverse. In a society that is crooked and perverse. Understand that you have God living on the inside of you. Who does his will. He performs his will in you. By the aid of the Holy Ghost. To will and to do of his good pleasure. In our homes. And in a perverse and a crooked nation. That is what he has designed for us to do. To be the light that they shall see. To be the love and the light that they shall see. It's, it says it right there. Written plain as day right there for you. This is the knowledge that we have. That we are the sons of God. Verse 15 and 16. 16a. That we are the sons of God. We have been rebirthed. We have been rebreathed by the Spirit of God. Thank you. For the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost living on the inside. To represent Him relating to, reacting to, interacting with the world as He does. We are created as sons of God. We are representatives of Him. We have been rebirthed by the Spirit of God. We have been rebirthed. The Spirit now lives inside of us. We have been rebirthed by the Spirit of God to represent God by relating to, by reacting to, by interacting with the world as He does. 
That's what we were created and designed to do. And this perverse and this crooked nation, that's what we were, that's what we are equipped to do, to shine as light, holding forth the word of life. Holding forth the word of life. Those of you who had that assignment on, 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 on who is the church, that pillar, we are supposed to be holding up, holding forth the word of life. You are pillar. We are pillar. The church, the, the pillar and the ground of the truth. We're supposed to be upholding that in the eyes of a perverse and a crooked nation. And again, that all starts in the home. It starts in the home. And this, this is the purpose for the family, for each and every one of us individually. Wherever, within our realm of influence, everybody in this room, children, adults alike, everybody has a realm of influence. You have a realm of influence at work, at school, in your community, in your neighborhood. Everyone has a realm of influence. And in your realm of influence, if you have accepted Christ, it is your job as that family member, as that family unit as a whole, to be sure that we are representing God in the fashion that He has designed and created us to. Understanding that we have the help that we need. Understanding that it is God working in us to will and to do of His. And these are the things that we need to be teaching our children. These are the things that we need to be uh, 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 um, reinforcing our minds with and reinforcing our, the minds of our children with. These are the things that we need to be reinforcing. Look at this in, in, in um, Colossians chapter 3. So we see here, going back to Colossians chapter 3, that verses 10 through 23 to, uh, to, to be exact. So, so we, we read, I'm not going to, because I don't have time to read all of that, but we started out with, with understanding that we have put off the old man, we put on the new man, we created in the image of God. We understand what we're supposed to, to do as a spirit, as we're walking in the spirit, the love that's supposed to come, and, and what, that's, uh, what that's supposed to bring, the charity is supposed to be, and that is the bond of perfectness. We read all of that. And then look at verse, uh, uh, verse um, 17. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're talking about in the home. We're talking about in the family. We're talking about in the neighborhood. We're talking about at work. We're talking about at school, in the neighborhood, wherever, in the community. Wives, submit yourselves. But this is where it starts. He's telling us all of this. Remember, <laughs> that's why we said it starts in the home. Because now he's giving us, after he's, he said all of that in chapter 3, about first, first understanding that you are risen with Christ. Understanding that you are made a new creature. He says, now wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. See, it, start, it starts in the home. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this, for, uh, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men, but it, see, all of that, that go, that's going into the home. I mean, going into the workplace. So he started off in the home, going into the workplace. So see, God, he left no stone unturned. And in verse 23, he says, and whatsoever you do, I don't care if you do it in the home, I don't care if you do it at school, I don't care if you do it at work, in the community, I don't care wherever you do it. He says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see, we see that, that this is the image. This is what God has created us for. He's created us. So we're supposed to have the knowledge of Him. 
the knowledge of him. And that is supposed to help. The knowledge of him is supposed to be that help us in that re-imaging. Help us in that re-imaging. As the Spirit of God gives the utterance, as the Spirit of God gives the understanding of that word and that knowledge that comes forth. And now we can live it and it becomes wisdom for us. But then what else? What else? Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to end with this. Ephesians chapter 4. So we know that we're supposed to have the love of God, the light of God. We know that we're supposed to have the love of God. And we're supposed to be the light of God. And so what else? We, uh, in, uh, this is going to sum us up here in Ephesians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 20. Ephesians 4 and 20. But ye have not so learned Christ... If so be that ye have heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which is after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There it is right there. Created in righteousness and true holiness. So righteousness is a peaceable fruit. Listen, righteousness is a peaceable fruit. You have been made right with God. And it's a peaceable fruit. We have been made right with God. We have been justified. We have been made right through Christ. It is a peaceable fruit. And it comes with peaceable fruit. It's a peaceable fruit. And it comes with peace. Righteousness comes with peaceable fruit. That means it's a condition. A righteousness is a condition that is acceptable to God to be approved by Him. When we are found in Christ, we have found to be acceptable. But that is the righteousness of God. We have the uprightness of God because of the justification that we have through Christ. Okay? So we have the righteousness of God. And through that, that's the, our integrity, our, the virtue, purity of life, of rightness, our correctness of thinking, our feeling, our acting, our justification. All of that is brought in as we are in Christ through the Holy Ghost. Through the Holy Ghost. So it brings about righteousness. It brings about true holiness. It brings about true holiness. Stand to your feet. So we need to understand that these are the things. These are the things that we need to be aspiring to. Again, it's already created, already in us to do by the Spirit of God. If you are saved, you've been born again. It's in you to do, but we have to be sure. We have to be sure that we are cultivating that, that we are, we, are, we, are, we are protecting that, that we're not allowing anything, anyone or anything to come in and to disrupt the re-imaging that God is creating in us. Amen? Amen. You may be dismissed. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.